Raisin Man Arena. Sam, that wasn't, you didn't nail it. I'm bad at clapping. My hands are, are too far too far. That was a <laughs> shitty clap. Do you mean I got the timing wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, every time Simpleton asks me to slate something when we're, when we're shooting, I, I'm bad at it. I get it wrong. That's funny. I get nervous, too. The slating is complicated. It is complicated, yeah. I don't... You got to say a lot of different little little phrases that go with it. I don't it. know why we slate anymore I, since... The camera picks up sound, so you can always use that. That's totally, I don't I don't know either. Man, I just got a text from Peter that, you know, I listen to the Brian Lair show every day. In 10 minutes, Brian's talking to two astronauts on the space station. <gasps> oh, oh, my God. God. About, 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 oh, my God. About New York town hall issues. <laughs> yes. The astronauts are going to talk about, like, yeah. uh, like zoning the and ordinances. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And who they, they, it's a crowded field, but you know, what do they, what do they see? Well, yeah. clearly they've just moved the police budget into putting police <laughs> officers in schools. Yeah. Damn. And they're going to talk about the subway fares. I didn't issue my public comment on the subway fares. I hear some comments. What's it the, should, the should... first? I need to know what you're commenting on. What is happening to the subway fares? <laughs> They're going to increase them to like $3. Wait. $3. What is it now? Two seventy-five. Bastards. I think. I think. Or it could be more than. I I heard some people say three seventy-five, But I actually. I don't know. Yeah. They're going to increase it. And they're going to maybe get rid of the unlimited weekly and monthly cards. Which I don't know why they would do that. Or make them cost more. They're going to. Everything's going to be more expensive. Yeah. Shit. That's so and is that because? And is that because. Well, I know I was going to ask, is that because people have been using it less for coronavirus? But I know if I said that, someone would be like, no, it's it's because of austerity. It's because of they <laughs> want to reallocate that money. It's somewhere. because of austerity. Okay. Now I have my yeah. answer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So midnight last night, we were all allowed to offer our little comments and they, they are required to listen to our comments. Oh, and, you're uh, not. I yeah. thought you were saying I haven't issued my comment out on Twitter or on social media, but no, yeah. there's an official <laughs> channel where you can issue your comments. Where you can issue your public comment. Yeah. And they're required to respond in some capacity. So, um, yeah, you're allowed to. Can you, you want to make it now? Yeah. Um, hey, come on. <laughs> you know, we don't want it to cost more. It already costs a lot and it's just. Don't, come on it's the subway it sucks and it shouldn't cost more and it, it, some of so many of the stations look like shit and there's stuff dripping down from the ceiling and stuff mm -hmm. and that shouldn't cost more money if when it looks like shit still comment logged yeah. my comment is they should switch out every uh car every train car with like a personal ferrari or motorcycle that you can drive on mm. the on the train tracks <laughs> and whatever cool. it costs, I'll pay for it. Mm. It um, I was gonna say like it's also worse now than ever to ride the subway. But that comment's actually meant for before the coronavirus happened. It's actually yeah. really nice to ride the subway now. It is pretty nice. And and then I have a public question, which is when people are like switching between the cars and going through the doors, where are they going? I know. What's your rushed? You know, you're just gonna go to a different car, unless something, unless someone like pooped themselves unless or vomited pooped, or something. Or someone's screaming yeah. <laughs> or yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. acting freaky. Yeah. 
Why are you, where are you going? Yeah, there's nothing up there that's not back here. I think it's kind of nice. Sometimes it feels like you're on a mission when you go through the, yeah. uh, the doors. You're like James Bond. Mm. You're like Tom Cruise or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is really mm. wild that you can do that. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, t- I guess technically, so I guess technically you can't because there's signs everywhere that ask you not to hey, do it, no. but everybody does it. But people do. Yeah, and people, pee, you can pee off of there. You can smoke a cigarette. People hang out there all the time. You, you know? can you can smoke cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I once um went on like a date, or maybe we were just friends. Who's to say? And uh, we hung. You can never know these days. <laughs> we hung out w- between the subway cars and smoked cigarettes like the whole way back from wherever we had gone. And I felt like I was in like uh, a an art school student film, an undergraduate film project. It was very. It funny. sounds like West Side Story um, or something. Yeah, mm, that's the best way a date could go is if it hits yeah. all the tropes of an undergrad film. Yeah, you can't you can't have sex in the subway car, but you can have sex on the uh, in the in between space between the subway cars. Mm. <laughs> that's that's true. Do um, have you ever like told someone off for like behavior that they were doing on the subway? Yes, I was with Peter, so we sort of enabled each other, and he took the lead on it. Uh, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I could just pretend it was all me, um, but I don't want to. Um, <laughs> you want me to edit that? But, yeah, edit that to, to yes, just a definitive yes I have um, by myself. Um, there was somebody who got on the, the train to play a drum, and it was so fun. They were, like, doing such a fun drum performance, and we were all loving it so much, and suddenly, like... um. Like a young white woman who had to be like 28 or something wearing like a, a pink hat with a big fuzzy pom-pom, like an oh expensive no. looking a ca- luxurious a Karen, pom-pom. A I'm already, yeah. I already know what happens. <laughs> Turned around, took one of her AirPods out of her ear and was like, who wants this? Who wants this? Why are you doing this? Nobody wants this. Why do you have no. to do this? Everyone's stressed. Everybody's tired. No. It's 5.30. Why are you doing this? And me and Peter were like, we we want it. We like think it's fun. A damn Karen. <laughs> we're having fun. Yeah, yeah, and Peter really went off on her and was like, "You move back to wherever you're from. Who wants you? Who wants you here? Who Damn. You to be here? Damn. Um, <laughs> yeah, and really got into it with her. Wow. So it was it was. And funny. did she yeah. say anything in response to that? Um, she told him he looked homeless too because Peter was dressed like also um in like a drug rug and like uh, his hair is dirty, so she sort of just accused him of being yeah part of the hoi well that's that's funny because i when you said you had told someone off for behavior i was like telling someone off for behavior on the train is um lame no it's not a cool thing to do but the example you gave is the precise example where it would be okay where you're telling someone off for telling someone off for their behavior yes yes <laughs> you're you're policing the police which is cool which is cool, and someone's got to do it because they're out here. Did you hear that they released a, a big report on um, the police uh, handling of the protest this summer that basically says that the police did a, a really bad job and, and violated people's rights, I think? Um, I haven't read it, but I heard this on the news. And uh, de Blasio immediately came out and was like, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You guys were right. Whoa. <laughs> I'm Who put sorry. out the report? Who wrote that? Um, some sort of investigative agency or committee within the city government. Um, not the community review board, but like a different investigative arm. And, um, 
Yeah, so it said they had that they did a horrible job handling the protests, and he, and he apologized so profusely. And I it was the first time I really felt this like adult cynicism of like, oh man, politicians are liars. Like De Blasio, there's nothing in that report he didn't know back then, but he made the decision to put the dissent down and then to apologize for it later. He must have known while he was doing it even that this was possible and that that's the way politicians operate. Like it just doesn't make any right, sense. Right, and then you use the report as a way to uh, kind of wash, kind of wash the history where you're like. Yep, we acknowledge it was bad, and okay, you know, you move on, and then, yeah. the, you know, you, you at least get to, like, be on the right side by acknowledging it. But I guess I'm curious about who wrote it, because I'm like, I, I don't know what the sort of network of info, you know, what the, what the politics are, like, whether that body, like, who yeah. they're connected to, or what their purpose was. Yeah, that's a good question. We should find out. I can't think of a more ineffectual way to to make change than to write a report. New York, it was the New York City Department of Investigations, which I Whoa, didn't know. Like, what what cool. is that? Well, that's good. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, if I if I wanted something investigated, that's the people I would go to. That would be the department. That would be first on the list of things to call for sure. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Wow. I wonder what they're up to right now. If you're the city department. Don't call in because this is a, a bonus episode, so no one knows about this yeah. yet. But uh, come come to our next Sunday show and uh, you know tell us what you're up to. Yeah, I bet if you're in the city department of investigations, you just finished a big old report. Christmas coming up, you can just lean back, kick up your feet. A job well done. <laughs> job well done. Give yourself a little. Yeah, pat on we the can back. rest until yeah. the next investigation. Felipe, you've been investigating J.K. Rowling. I read yes I investigated an article I read right before we started recording I thoroughly investigated it um wow and what did you discover um it was it was on in the cut I guess um well as a, as a bit of texture I like to oh Sam's gone uh oh Sam, I thought you said you wanted to hear you know, about this. You know, it's sad, and it would be fine if he went to the bathroom normally, but it's sad that he's gone now because he definitely th thinks this next thing I'm about to say is funny and he knows about it and he'd be able to give a little bit of texture on it. But uh, for should we stop? Well, we should stop. I'll say something about the um, the police, uh, and then we can circle yeah, back. Yeah, we'll circle back. But I found out from one of my friends who just got a, a ticket for this that public drinking, drinking outside of uh -huh. your home, uh, is only a $25 ticket. So that actually to me seems like that's like what it costs to go drink like in a bar for a night. So to just pay $25 to get to drink outside. Yeah, can you pay the cops before? Just be like, I'm paying you now the $25. <laughs> also, for the license if, to drink if you outside. Get yeah. But the thing is, if you get ticketed, that doesn't mean that you won't get ticketed that same day by a different cop. What? You're not allowed to then do the the crime. Right. For the rest of the <laughs> you day. should be. If a different cop comes up, you're like, I already pay. I already got ticketed. Let me just. They already know I'm doing this, and that I'm doing this crime today. Yeah, and if the cops know that you know it's a crime, they can't put. They can't. If you're like, I know this is a crime, but I'm still doing it. It's okay. <laughs> then there's nothing they can do. What can right. they say? Because they're supposed to teach you what it's a crime. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to, the you know the police is supposed to de-incentivize de you from doing a crime. But if you already know it's a crime, <laughs> then w what is taking you to jail going to do? You already know it's a crime, so can't yeah. be stopped. Exactly. I was just gonna I was All gonna right. say before you left, Sam, that uh, I didn't read the article. I actually played it through my text to speech um, app on my Chrome. <laughs> 
because uh, I was. <laughs> there was a robot voice. We must second guess J.K. Rowling's <laughs> thoughts yeah. on trans people. Yeah. <laughs> J.K. Rowling finished Harry Potter one in 1995. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the article didn't elucidate anything I didn't know about <clears throat> before, but it sort of tried to draw a parallel between how. I guess J.K. Rowling is a little uncomfortable with or has had a history of like having a complicated relationship with with the fact that basically sort of fans now own the work and so the article tried to make a comparison basically between uh, uh, fans who are writing all this queerness into Harry Potter um, including fans who who uh, are non-binary or trans like reading certain characters as trans or non-binary and like writing fan fictions about it and stuff like that and so it, it talks about that and it talks about how jk rowling in general is is sort of um uncomfortable with the fact that she sort of doesn't own the universe in a sense um and and how she sort of tried to like through all of the what's called retconning so basically every every time she's like oh dumbledore was gay or like <clears throat> there was a wizarding school in america through all of that she tries to keep control over this hey. world and she has this like yeah. emotional stake and then it, it talks about these interviews where she sort of expresses this like uh <coughs> sort of deep-seated feeling of ownership over the world so it it connects that to um the transphobia she's been expressing now i didn't fully get the connect i didn't fully get the the link um it talks a little bit about how she was abused at some point i think maybe I don't know if before or during the writing of Harry Potter, but um, I guess it sort of tries to psychologize her a little bit and and, and both talk about uh, queerness in the community, her sort of like new political rebirth as a, a trans-exclusionary radical feminist and connect these dots. Yeah. Hmm. Well... What do you guys think about that as um, people who make stuff like the idea of fans making up canon for your shit and then being like, this is, we all believe this now? Well, w when we were talking about this a couple of minutes ago before the podcast started, I, I, I brought up George Lucas as another example of a person who's like made up a big universe that has like a reach wider than his original like pieces of IP that he created. And he's like, <clears throat> like really really rich precisely six billion dollars i've heard dollars. Yeah. that's right <laughs> and it makes me think okay so there's no downside to just letting studios and authors and people large and small like go off and run with yeah thing. but there's a different large there's and a difference small. because uh and i don't know how <laughs> this exactly why this came about but star wars has like there are novelists who write who are uh, sort of allowed to write Star Wars novels and stuff like that. Like there's all this peripheral fiction that is sanctioned, is like licensed and 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 sort of checked by some sort of Star Wars like Mr. Lucas himself. Yep, he reads every single one of the novels where where Chewbacca goes swimming. Where, where they make Chewbacca trans. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with Harry Potter, anything that's written about Harry... and it, Oh, well, it also talks about how she, uh, Rowling has... Um, uh, what do you call it? Sued. For instance, there's a guy who apparently had collected all of the 
lore of Harry Potter into this like big website and then that guy tried to publish a book like a companion piece to Harry Potter and she sued him and won like basically you can't do this um so I guess I'm saying the difference is that she, she's the only sort of Aww. allowed writer of the Harry Potter extended universe not the case with Star mm. Wars hmm 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 so wait so so what you're saying is basically um George Lucas also has a, an incredibly J.K. Rowling-like tight grip on the Star Wars universe. So or he not- just has a whole apparatus around which he decides, yeah, what happens with the license. Mm. I actually don't think so. I don't think he like gets to read... Like, I, he had nothing to do with the new Star Wars movies. I don't think he gets to read everything that gets written. Oh, no, I don't think that either. I just think that he sits somewhere in a chain that's like, we've decided this will be licensed out, and like he benefits from it, and it's an official relationship with that stuff versus like... Yeah, I think Disney bought Lucasfilms, which is his production company, for like $3 billion or something like that <clears throat> in the early 2000s. Um, but I think he continues to make money. Whenever they make a new Star Wars movie, I think he gets some, he must get yeah. some sort of money. It's a little hard for me to imagine what could be so upsetting about it for J.K. Rowling, considering like how happy it makes the people who engage totally. in the Harry Potter fandom. It's like such a pure joy uh, thing for them that like I just like what what gets you down about that? Like you wrote the books, no one's allowed to go in the book and change anything it says in the book. They're still for sale. Well, um, and people aren't going to stop reading the, them. The but. article, and this is the place where when I said psychologize, this is sort of where it gets into a little bit of speculation. It's like, I don't really know what's going on in her mind, but I think the article tries to suggest that because she was writing Harry Potter during this, like, really difficult time in her life, during this, I don't know what, you know, like, this either difficult marriage she or single like mom. She was, like, a single mom and unemployed. and That, yeah, that Harry Potter was this, like, refuge for her, and so she has an emotional attachment to the world um, that maybe, yeah, that, that's that's why she feels like attached to it mm. and there were no trans people in that world precisely in that yes. <laughs> mm. Mm. yeah yeah well as another just as another data point to add to to the thing before what would we do when we answer the question what would we do with our own sort of ideas is is i heard that george r, r. martin <clears throat> when he was writing the like song of ice and fire books you know the game of thrones he was like there were people fans who were like super fans of the books and and there was like a some a couple like a norwegian couple who like oh i've heard about this did exactly what you are describing the those guys did with the harry potter books where they like posted all the lore of the game of thrones series on a website and they were like theorizing about what would happen in future books that george r, r. martin was going to publish and George R. R. Martin went on the website and he read the things and he was like, "This is so good. I these are great ideas. I, I gotta hire write you guys." He, so he hired them <laughs> wow. to help him like write the books and like plan wow. out what was going to happen in the in the future books. That is so funny. What? How amazing! First of all, to just sort of like have to sustain this entire universe in your own mind, which is always like blows my mind to think of like how Tolkien could possibly have done that. So then to be alone, only you have the whole Song of Ice and Fire story in your head. But then two other people are like, "No, we actually have it. We see it too, <laughs> yes. and we can help you tell the story." It's like that must be incredible. Um, and then also, what's funny about uh, 
George R. R. Martin is. I think he's still not done writing those books, right? No. Like the series is over, but he hasn't finished. And fans have projected how long it will take him based on like how much time has lapsed between every book, because everyone takes longer and longer, and it's gonna take him like another sixty Whoa. years to finish. And he's old, <laughs> <laughs> so he really must be like, thank God, someone else is here who like knows what the fuck I'm talking about, and maybe they can finish this because it's got. Well, to be also, too much. I wonder if sometimes the author maybe doesn't necessarily have that kind of intense catalog mind, right? Like there's sure, the kind of sure. person who loves lore and stuff like that. And maybe the author like makes stuff up on the fly because the author wants to like tell a story. Cause what I, the way I heard the story you told Sam about George R. R. Martin was that the, this couple sort of was precise in ways that George R. R. Martin wasn't like he would read stuff and he'd be like, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess that would be that character's grandfather. Like I hadn't <laughs> thought about it. I just kind of wrote it. And it makes sense that the author, that it's actually those, that couple wouldn't be the, they wouldn't write the story, but they'd be really good. They wouldn't at, make it out of right, nothing. They wouldn't, yeah. but they're really good at like the detail and lore stuff. So I think that there's different yeah. kinds of minds for different kinds of work. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's also interesting to think about. I feel like um novel writing and book writing in general is still one of those things that's really thought of as like one sort of singular genius person has to write it and you don't do it as a team or at least not like in a public facing depiction of what the author's uh process was. So, interesting to think about like, oh, you can have one person who imagined it all and then two people who are really fastidious about the boring parts of it, making sure they're right and Totally. That that would be good. Um I uh, I started I started this little Edie story where little Edie and this friend of hers go into like a cave. I guess I'm sort of giving away the game, but I really want. I was like, oh, it'd be funny if the comic has this this tone shift. Little Edie's the comic I make that I post on Instagram. It'd be funny if it had a tone shift and suddenly it became like a really lore heavy world because mm. I'd been I've been watching videos about war, the Warhammer uh, 40k tabletop game which has this insane gothic violent lore that i thought was really fascinating so i was like oh it'd be funny if little Edie suddenly went into that world and then i started writing it and i realized oh i don't want to write any of that stuff it's boring like it's so much work <laughs> you're and not it's, a lore guy yeah mm. you're, not, you're not a tolkien guy you're not going to invent invent a whole language that a certain race in your little Edie speaks <laughs> right it doesn't it do, yeah it's not fun to spend time doing that yeah the amount of research it can I, I always think about writing like historical fiction you just have to look up so much information about what kind of flower was for sale in 1937 like that yeah sucks. you don't want to do that yeah and it takes so much research to make one of your characters a trans person as well that <laughs> it's better to just mm -hmm. farm that out to people who already know about Precisely. that you know yeah. yeah totally um this also makes me think of um you remember the show westworld I, maybe they still make that on hbo it's only a couple of years ago still make it. i don't know um after the first season of it the people on the like reddit fandom for westworld uh were guessing you know where is every plot point going to go in, over the next several seasons and apparently they like got it exactly right like through group collaboration they figured out like everything about just from the first season everything that was gonna happen in the show and all the twists that had been like embedded and all this and i don't remember how it was confirmed like people who are writers for the show who knew how it was all projected out were like yeah so on the internet you could actually just read already the whole rest of the thing and i just thought that that was sort of funny and sad but cool. well the thing is that i mean i wonder what they because yeah. they had put clues in they had put they had yes. put clues in so it's like they really wanted it to be like a 
bomb at this in the third season you'd be like oh shit they've been setting up the breadcrumbs since the beginning but it's like well you set up the breadcrumbs and so someone figured it out damn totally totally yeah the internet is powerful and the the global mind is powerful and we don't need the writers of the tv show to tell us the answers we can work together to we can create our own stories we don't need hbo yeah it's a shame though because real life really isn't like that there aren't little breadcrumbs you know, like sprinkled throughout, or else people on Reddit could just figure out what would happen in that, my life. Totally, you know? <laughs> totally. Yeah, I always think that's a funny thing about movies and TV. That is like one of the most fundamental differences between TV and real life is that you don't put something on a TV show or in a movie unless there's like a reason. Like, oh, his, his shoelace breaks in the first scene because later he's right. gonna fall, trip. Yeah, but in real life, just random ass shit happens for no fucking reason. Most, almost everything that happens is for. No reason that never pays off or comes back up in any way. So. Totally. Well, that, it's funny because yeah. because I've been thinking about that in terms of sitcoms. And like I was like in, in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to write sitcoms like I like the idea. There's something that tracks me a little more about like drama and plot. But then I was like, no, sitcoms are beautiful because that's how life actually is. Uh, very few things change. <laughs> Big fat husband, yeah. hot skinny little yeah. wife. Oh, I like yeah. that. Very few things change. Fat idiot and, husband. And... <laughs> yeah, it's more or less the same day again and again. An alien named Alf lives in your house. <laughs> lives with yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> what if there was That's a what great. if there was a Sam Reddit and everybody was throwing out theories about what's going to happen with Sam. About what's going to happen. Wow. Sam's going to go on a date tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's going to have dinner tomorrow. <laughs> That's funny. Um, this also makes me think of the, an article that I read this week, uh, or maybe not an article, a Substack blog post that Seth nice. retweeted um, that was called uh, We're Desperate, Get Used to It by this person, Megan Coaster, who I guess is a writer. And... Um, it was about how just like there's so much stuff on TV that's really aspirational, I guess, like Emily in Paris style, like these lifestyles that we want to be living kind of, um, but that everyone is living such desperate existences right now. Like um, I think she cites like Amazon warehouse workers or like delivery people, like how hard their lives are and that that's not being portrayed on TV and we need more portrayals of that. And I was just like, is the answer really like more stuff on TV that well, we need also to see? Like, like, yeah, like Amazon warehouse workers aren't watching Emily in Paris. Like it's like it's a different world. <laughs> You're talking to people like you who aren't in the Amazon warehouse. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like I, everything is kind of on TV. There's desperate people on TV. There's happy people on TV, and it doesn't Who's change anything. On I don't TV? know. Um, aren't there any shows about? Poor people trying to make it in America. Totally. Sam? Totally. I can't think Isn't of Ozark? <laughs> are they rich in Ozark? Or are they, in my mind, in Ozark, they're like up in the mountains and they're kind of like, they drive like dirty trucks and stuff like that. Mm. What What about Peaky Blinders? Mm, you're right. Peaky <laughs> Blinders. <laughs> you're right about that. Yeah. When you come home from your warehouse job, you can Peaky put on Blinders speaks to the experience. <laughs> years. And in the Mandalorian, all yes. the lizard people mm-hmm. are are uh, you know working class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and entourage and all that. When, yeah. when I was like, when Felix Biederman was doing that thing on Chapa, where he was like doing this is sus, where he was like describing all those like ABC Showtime shows and like rating them, I I. His whole thing is like, so Felix Biederman is this guy on on Chapo, and he did this series where he was just, he would watch an episode from like 
really mainstream sh- like Showtime ABC dramas and like talk about them on the podcast with a new guest. And he was like, and he was really good about like rating which which types of shows were made for which like classes and demographics of people. But he says there's like this whole host of shows on Showtime that are like shows that are for people who like uh, are are working class. They're not like they're not um like uh, high um what's it called um earners. Uh, the um I um I um high I up, this uh, high on forgetting. weed <laughs> yeah high um it's 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 not like prestige television right sure. and it, and the the whole the whole um thesis of these types of shows is like your life sucks and the life of the people in this television show suck but like through th- through things like friendship and family we all mm. get through it together and though mm. and though those are like the this is us uh council of dads these are these two television shows that he rates um and yeah and yeah they're 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 really like they have this what he describes as like this thesis that many american television shows have which is that like people just want to watch shows about other people who have difficult lives but that like get through it through like these the sort of will of like good things that we all believe in like family and love and stuff like that and yeah i think that's sarah a little bit what you're describing is like those are the kinds of shows that people would want to watch and there's plenty of them already out there you know i I guess i guess the thing that sometimes makes me sort of uncomfortable about the like we need x y or z stories is that i'm like i i personally don't watch that much tv i have like a few shows that you know i watch every once in a while but like i know that the stuff i like if i were and and also obviously these identities are like kind of complex it's like oh you know poor people as like a group there's like you know all sorts of different and they all watch different stuff but i'm like I ass- like I assume that there is TV they watch that they like and that they you know I'm like I don't I don't know yeah, they probably aren't right. it's like I don't know if I if like HBO needs to have uh it's like maybe they're not watching HBO maybe a person like that's not going to watch HBO and doesn't give a shit about what's on yeah. HBO and it doesn't really matter um so that right I think yeah, I mean, I was even going to say earlier that I I have a feeling that Emily in Paris is actually a show that sort of almost any person might watch because it is so like light and easy and like enjoyable um for people so i'm sure any kind of person sort of could watch that even though it's it's like uh also not enjoyable really for anyone uh that deeply but yeah i guess i bring it up the idea of like oh well we need more of this we need more of that on tv in order to like solve these problems is kind of like part of the argument i feel like or an implication and i'm like ah so what's the goal of television is to be like an exact like facsimile of reality sort of more or less and once we have that then then what'll happen but i don't know i mean there's lots of arguments obviously for representation of diverse people on television and i see how that relates to like children early conception building of like what is possible for their lives and like what does reality look like um but at a certain point like why don't we just like get rid of the amazon warehouses and then we don't have to make the tv show about a funny comedy about working in an Amazon warehouse, like that Walmart Supercenter show that used to be on NBC. Strange, was, strange you know solution. I was, I yeah. was listening to uh, uh, 
the guys who made South Park, Matt and Trey Parker, they for the DVDs of the of each season, they made commentaries for each episode. Except they're like mini commentaries, so for every episode they only talk for like ten minutes and or not even for like three minutes. They're like, yeah, these are interesting things about this episode, and then move on. Um, but so this, someone has posted all of the commentaries without the episodes on YouTube. And first of all, it was really funny to hear. I was like, damn, all the, like, it just really transported me to, like, the 2000s and, and, and stuff that I was like, those guys invented that. Like, they do that voice that now is, like, so stupid, but they're always, like, they were talking about, like, Reb Schneider and, like, doing that voice. And I just, it just really, I don't know if you ever watched Spongebob, but it just transported me to a stupid thing that unfunny guys would imitate um, and that they still do. But um, I think... Actually, one thing that stuck that was interesting was that they were talking about this episode they'd done about uh, sexual harassment trainings. And also funny was that recently there was an article that came out, or not an article, but someone was like, you know, Matt and Trey Parker's a Republican, they vote Republican. And then people were like, you know, why are you surprised, blah, blah, blah. But listening to these commenters, I was like, oh, yeah, these guys were like conservative. It's very clear that they're conservative through everything they say. And... um, and they were talking, they had written an episode about sexual harassment trainings and they thought sexual harassment trainings were bad. They were like, oh, you know, if you have sexual harassment trainings, you can you can litigate against anything. You can define anything as sexual harassment. And it was just funny because I think uh, a lot of the discourse around like something like Me Too is like, finally, these things are like coming up or like surfacing these things that haven't been talked about. And I was like, oh no, it seems like in 2000, whatever, for this it was it just had a different name but it was the same conversation so why do i bring that up because i don't know i sometimes think that like there's conversations around media they're like we have to like finally like represent x y or z and it's like oh these things aren't new like um you know there's there's always there's always been these conversations like in the 90s there were a lot of shows that were like black families and stuff like that it wasn't I mean, I'm sure the same conversations were being had about like these shows are important, but also like, I I don't think these yeah, it's good to have that perspective, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and well, I do think probably there is a change in like the proportion of representation on television. Um, like more now, less now. And, like there's probably more now. There's also more of everything now, so I, I don't know, but uh, there's like more black female-led television probably than any point in history, and that's cool. Um, and I think all that stuff is valuable. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just thinking more in terms even of like, I feel like probably I feel this way because everyone we know is like a comedian or in television or entertainment or media in some way. Um, but I just feel like there's this uh, impulse always to like want to address problems through storytelling. And it makes me think of like the fact that like StoryCorps exists, you know, and like StoryCorps mission is just like recording this massive archive of like old people telling children random yeah. stories random meaningful stories from their life so the, and then it's all stored at the library of congress and i'm like what wait what's that for like isn't the point of the stories like that you just do tell them to your children not that we like make a giant archive of like every story an old person has ever told basically <laughs> and um <laughs> i just find that to be so weird and there's all this funding that goes into supporting that um and it seems to kind of undermine the purpose and so when i just hear people like overly oriented around the idea of like storytelling as the solution to stuff on like don't you hope that it is so that like we can just solve things through depicting them rather than like something else but it's probably because i just don't i'm not uh in a circle of people who are politicians or aspirants like lawyers and things like that where maybe they think more critically about like something beyond just like the appearance of the thing um 
to the masses, which I think even our obsession with that part of it is part of the problem. So totally, totally. Everyone can like do the rhetorical trick of making their whatever their job is seem like social justice, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think it's really important that we do raise in man. <laughs> and we get these I stories. I think these stories out are because... really crucial. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I need people in Amazon warehouses to listen to me fumble through, yeah, through Felix Peterman's <laughs> thesis idea. of what through an yeah. article I read. Like. <laughs> yeah, me to misrepresent yeah. the MTA changes so that they get stressed out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, I I I think it's funny, Felipe, when you like. I was thinking when you like take that tone with people in the chat where you're like, you're sort of like berating them a little bit, you know, where you're like, all right, but don't do this kind of question, but you should do this kind of question. And it's funny because it's like the only people who listen to this are our very yeah. close friends. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like they're not like fans that we no. need to like whip up into shape. No, of or, course, like, but I get to, but I get ask. to, I get to finally do what I wish I could do with my friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Sometimes on the Brian Lair morning show, it's a big call in show. People will call in and ask a stupid question, and he'll rephrase the question to be something smart and act like that was the question I asked. And I always think that that's really elegant of him. I, uh, I think, I feel like being in real radio has to take a lot of nerve because real randos do call you. Um, I've been, I've been watching this, uh, this YouTube series where this guy calls into like conservative radio to make, to like clown on them. It's called not even a show. It's really funny, but it's so funny to watch the radio hosts, like try to save face. Uh, you know, sometimes they just like, they hang up when they realize they're being pranked, but then sometimes they'll try to, they'll try to like be tough and they'll be like, of course, Democrat probably lives in his mother's basement, no job. And it's so pathetic because it's so clear. The host is the one who looks stupid and they're like trying to like, <laughs> but I but it's made me think like I don't know if I'd be able to deal with that like I wouldn't like it if someone called and was mean to me I, I don't know if I would I couldn't you gotta move on you just gotta keep going they call Rudy Giuliani like every day and Rudy Giuliani has a radio show I didn't know this but they like they they, they mess with it like this guy just asks him about like fucking his cousin or something and wow he's got it Rudy Giuliani's gotta get a screener I know like, and they call <laughs> he just let he anybody call often <laughs> and and I'm like man if I was Rudy Giuliani it would really it would make me sad like it would it would really hit t I would take a hit to my life if if every day I was doing my radio show and getting these calls but he has to kind of keep going yeah that's very funny well I had so much fun though when we did our call in it was it was effortless yeah, I had a great time. I definitely, I guess it's like, I had three minutes of stuff to say to basically anyone. Sometimes it was a stranger that came on. I didn't know what, what their deal was, but we got, I got some good information about animation technology or, <laughs> yep. <I don't> know. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, very cool. What are you guys doing today? I'm um, trying to write some episodes for a pitch that simple town is working on so that's what i'm doing F simple town I, we've been frantically collaborating on a slideshow for about six months yep. <laughs> so, there must there's it's funny to think there's at, at some point 
one one goes in in like the in their career of making comedy or whatever there's like a point where someone goes from making really cool things and then there's like it switches to like all you do is just make little slideshows yeah. and decks for ideas <laughs> that you will never make but you'd like to and i'm not saying Damn. i'm there or anything but it's like Damn. it could easily i could you could one could easily just turn their life into that i remember when i know? saw the the marina bramovich documentary she says something like no one tells you this but making art is like 90 percent sending emails and answering phone mm -hmm. calls and um but you know then the other 10 percent is you get to sit in the museum and look at people and make them cry so yeah yes and you can use your body as mm -hmm. a paintbrush yeah Even. and do incredible yeah. feats of endurance in in the museum setting so if you got to answer a females to do that then it doesn't seem like a bad trade-off well yeah. worth it yeah you guys heard about um john mulaney checked oh. into rehab uh, oh, sending strength sad. to John Mulaney. What? what yeah, what is absolutely. Having for? Uh, I read uh, alcoholism and or drinking and cocaine. You hadn't heard mm -hmm. this, Sam? That's what the page six headline said. Oh, you didn't hear this? No, oh, I'm sorry to I'm break so this sad news. It, it's it's interesting to see people respond to it. Everybody's being really reverent about it, and it reminds me of um. Uh, Anthony Bourdain yeah. dying kind of when like people it's really someone people love who bring them a lot of joy and who um are kind of an inspired like part of life even though like it's not as if John Mulaney does like positive vibes comedy or something and, and uh, Anthony Bourdain stuff wasn't like positive vibes or it kind of was because it was yeah. like eating Embrace, and embracing life yeah, in this yeah. way yeah so when you see that person you know the darkness takes them you're like well no yeah <laughs> well it's that. funny because when you called me and you were like bad news about John Mulaney I was like, oh no, he's canceled. And then you said he checked in the rehab and I thought, oh, that's not, that's less bad. What a relief. Yeah, what a relief. Yeah, and I think the sick. fact that people yeah. are like, you know, just sending him love. I, you know, I'm like, the, I can't imagine being like that famous and not having, an, you know, not having someone like hit you for some reason. It, It's like he's on Mario Kart and he's like drifting around all of the banana peels. Truly incredible yeah. feat. He he hit the star and he's got that yeah. rainbow power where yeah everything bounces yeah. off you and shit. Yeah. Wait, so you called cool. Felipe and told him about John Mulaney? I called him as soon yeah. as I heard. Okay. Yeah. But now you're t but you're telling me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had a friend like me who would call you when this kind of no. thing happened. So no. Oh. I, I huh. in the in the in the phone chain where like the moms call each other to tell each other school is is canceled. I you're in. You're my. I'm in your yeah, chain. Yeah, exactly. You're the one who calls oh, me. Okay. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't call him. First of all, obviously, I got the alert from Seth instantaneously, um, and I let it sit for a minute because I didn't really know what to do with it. And then I, you I had don't to take a few deep breaths. To you. It was shaking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then there was also some people on on Twitter being like, "Oh, I think he's getting divorced too because his." Uh, something with the instagram no, that, and his makes, wife. that makes me really um, but, sad oh, no. that makes me really sad that makes me sad and i'm not entertaining that because that still seems at the level speculation. of like just gossip and speculation and like let's just figure it out what happens yeah um, well you guys let me tell you this you guys can't go to rehab yet or get divorced because while everyone's reacting nice to john mulaney and like supporting him no you guys aren't famous enough to do that yet okay no one's gonna know but me and your close friends, <laughs> okay? 
So just wait and go to rehab when you're, once famous. you're famous. I think I yeah, think our don't do it now. I think that maybe my friends would post a tweet. It's true. If that's what you wanted us to yeah, do. Yeah, can you everybody <laughs> post a tweet about this? <laughs> hey man, I'm busy actually. <laughs> I guess if a person dies, their friends do tweet about it. But I think if a person who's not famous checks into rehab, probably their friends don't tweet about it. It seems like space. the kind of thing that yeah. you wouldn't want to get out, and if you're famous, you have no choice but for it to get out. Whereas if you're a normal person, no one's going to come out and be like, hey, my friend's in rehab now. Right? Yeah. Am I wrong about that? I think that's right. I think that's right. I think and then because the person has to own their own narrative. They have to get out of rehab, and then through a course of like rediscovering you know, something, their love for life or something like that, then they share that they went to rehab and that's part of their, their yeah. hero's journey. So I wouldn't want to cut somebody right. off before they got to do their hero's yeah, journey. Yeah, and then they can get a new haircut so that yeah. now they have a new look, a new cool look for after rehab. Yeah, with their yeah. new feeling. And a new cool yeah. suit or something. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, I, I also should have, I guess, texted you this, Sam. I sent... Felipe, this Martin Shkreli story. This Did you read me, it? Sarah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to get Sarah a friend alerts. like me to send you this kind of stuff. Yeah. Sarah Shkreli alerts. <laughs> I'll pay the ten dollars a month. If you, if you subscribe. I got Sarah Substack. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. This all started, I feel like, on election day when I sent Felipe that happy election day voicemail that I didn't send Sam. Wait, did and, Sam know about that? Yeah. I, Somehow he knew about it. Well, because you told me about it, Felipe. You know what? The th and then I went straight to the source and said, "Am I not getting the election updates? You know what? Why am you I know not? what the thing is, Sam. Every solid, every moment of solitary doubt and anxiety and like feeling like an idiot. It's like I talk to you enough, so I send it to Sarah. Anytime I'm like, I woke up and I feel <laughs> stupid, I send it to Sarah. So Sarah is indebted. She's indebted to me for giving her all of the. Yeah. So we're in discourse That's already. True. Because I wouldn't, I, I don't put my shit out. Like I only, that. Sam, I only, I only tell you about cool things. Like when I found a <laughs> yes. hot new girl on Instagram yes. with big boobs. Damn. That's right. Okay, yeah, that's good she, then. I realize yeah. I've actually gone into the settings of my friendship with you, Felipe, and I've ticked all the like, <laughs> notifications and and said, "Don't send me emails about yeah. this stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I always feel like texting you, Sam. I can text you more often, but. I can tell when someone, it's like every text they're sending to me, they're kind of like, okay, and then we're done, right? And then that's <laughs> totally. the last, <laughs> yeah. right? That's the, only, um, that's the, the only last word on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I could just tell that it's like every message I send you, you're like, okay, one more. I can answer one more of these. <laughs> and like I text from my laptop and the messages sometimes are like insanely long. And I just don't like feeling this insecurity that I'm like, oh, is this going to be yeah. the one that Sam like just yeah. leaves unread? <laughs> you sent me a text the other day that I thought was like, so bold and how contentless it was what did you say to me you said merry christmas to me uh <laughs> you said merry christmas to me like two days ago and i was like wow beautiful <laughs> it's not even christmas eve <laughs> and sarah's sending me this bullshit <laughs> no, no there's nothing i can say to it <laughs> I said it said Merry Christmas and Good Evening. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why. I think I was just sitting at my computer and I was like, it I got nice. it. It yeah. was nice. <laughs> and then I it made something bullshit. up to tell you about, I think. Yeah, thank you. That was a nice gesture. Yeah. Um, Sarah, sometimes you do text me stuff like, what's up? Or how's yeah. it going? And I'm just like, <laughs> and I text back, 
please stop. I don't want this. <laughs> stop. Unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From a little check-in. Yeah, there's a point during... um coronavirus lockdown that i was just getting so many check-ins from different friends around the country and i do find that annoying for people to say what's up um but damn uh well i want to talk about this martin shkreli thing that i sent felipe but also i shouldn't have had to send it it's all over twitter right aren't people talking about this or no? yeah i've just been i've i often don't read the stuff that you know people are talking about or i don't know i, I think if you hadn't told me about it i probably wouldn't have read it i wasn't uh, I only read it because someone sent it directly to me, or I would feel the same as you. I see the name Martin Shkreli, and I'm like, ah, oh, something I don't give a fuck oh, about. Yeah, something happened. Who cares? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the listener right now won't care about us talking about it. <laughs> I agree, because I think it's a pretty good story, and I don't think the article is like so well written that it's like, oh, read the article. Listen to me summarize it. It'll be just as good. Um, Sam, you know who Martin Shkreli is? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's that guy who, listen, maybe the listener doesn't, price gouged um, for some certain kind of medication because he owns, I guess, a pharmaceutical company and he raised the price like 5,000% overnight or something um, for some kind of antibacterial or something. I don't even know. Wasn't uh, it like insulin? It was an insulin. It was like an, an HIV like medication. Mm. So that's pretty, pretty sick. So he became like most hated man in America. And then he also bought the, that one golden copy of that Wu-Tang album for $2 million. Honestly, so then kind of really two, two random things for a person to do, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Like the Absolutely. first thing is like one kind of guy. And then the second thing is a different kind of guy. Absolutely. Wait, were people mad at him for buying the golden Wu-Tang album? People already thought he was like an evil person and then that he would only be the only one that would get to hear the Wu-Tang album was like just Ooh. too much to bear. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Was it a Wu Tang album that hadn't been heard before, or was it just like a nice golden? Never heard before. I'm gonna go pee. <gasps> really? So keep doing yes. the Wu Tang digression until I get back, and then we can. Sure. <laughs> it never had heard never before. Never been heard before, and only Martin Shkreli has heard it. And that journalist from the article, the journalist in the pharma bro. So. Oh damn! I bet she doesn't even like Wu Tang. I bet she doesn't even care. Yeah. He should do one of those YouTube videos where you play a record and you film it and then you put it online. People do that all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that people do that. People do that uh, with lots of unreleased music, too, that I'm like, I don't know how you got this, but you're really out here doing the work. And that's you're, really They're sweet. digging in the crates. Yeah. <laughs> digging through the crates. It's all about love of the, love of the new discovery. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll well, say this before we explain the article. Or did you want to say something? Well, I was just going to say that only we've read it. So now that Sam's gone, we can't really... We, we have no one to kind it. of explain it to. Yeah. Well... The what the crazy thing is to me is like I don't remember if I felt this way when the Martin Shkreli stuff happened, but reading about it now, at least I'm like, oh, he only did this horrible price gouging thing because the, we live in a country with a government that allows you to do that. Like, I don't see drawing the line at him as being like the evil rich person. Like, all rich people are taking advantages of the loopholes in the rules in order to provide goods and services in a way that is not optimal for human well being. Um, Right. He's just doing it in such an extremely cartoonishly evil way that it drew people's attention. But like, this is the way the country works. This is the way the medical industrial complex works. So like, the market, the market will sell the unlistened to Wu Tang album to anyone who's to the highest bidder. <laughs> and so we can't exactly. be mad at Martin Shkreli for buying it. It's the market that made that happen. Although it's funny because he didn't go to prison for price gouging the thing. No, he went no. to prison for like defrauding investors and uh, totally. And yeah, yeah. It's just interesting, though. It's like, wow, do people really expect that, like, our country will function just based on uh, rich people who are in power, like, making good moral choices that they don't have to make? Like, obviously, if you think that you're a fucking chump, (laughs) if you think that you're a fucking chump. Yeah, totally. And you have to grow up right now. Yes. The 
Christmas Carol isn't real. Scrooge doesn't bring the turkey. Or if he does, it's one time he does it, and the next day he moves on and forgets about He moves about on, that. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... The article, Sam, is about this journalist who is covering the Martin Shkreli trial. And um, she's like this well-established court journalist for Bloomberg. She's married and lives in Brooklyn and like has a nice house and like a nice life. I assume she's like in her 30s or something. And in the process of covering the Shkreli trial, she develops this like friendship with him that's like a little bit intense where like he's always inviting her over to give her exclusive interviews but then only talking off the record and it's just like this sort of strange manipulation of like you're the only journalist I trust and like you're actually also my friend and like inviting her to go on trips with him to speak to students places and just kind of random stuff like that and apparently she was in some kind of um what do you call it like fellowship journalism program where she wrote some kind of paper about like how he's manipulative to journalists and whoever her mentor professor or whoever read it and was like uh you should stop um associating with this person because he's gonna like ruin your life I think like this seems really dangerous and uh, she didn't listen and she he ends up going to prison and she divorces her husband falls in love with him he becomes her boyfriend and uh, she has to quit her job. She's like going to be fired for compromising her journalistic integrity and kind of destroying her reputation. But she quits. And now um, the sort of big ending to the story is that as the journalist who was writing about this uh, was working on it, uh, Martin Shkreli cut off all contacts with this journalist woman who is supposed to be his life partner who froze her eggs for him when he gets out of prison. Yeah, like and, they um, were really, they had really begun like a relationship. They were like talking about getting married. Like it was visiting him all the time. Wow. Yeah. And he pieced. So he pieced. And then like the journalist like contacted him for comment about the article. And he just said like, I wish Miss Smith the best in all her future endeavors. Um, and he like won't call her or like see her anymore and so it's all over and apparently she spends all her time now just like on um martin shkreli fan forums and uh (laughs) oh that is so sad and support groups for people whose loved ones are in prison like waiting for him and the article the ending of the article is like as she said like oh i know when he gets out he's just doing this to protect me like everything will be okay she's like crying silently um and it's just like this really bizarre story about a i guess a master manipulator so wow. yeah yeah it's very weird who ruined her life for this guy mm. that didn't make me like him more Mm-mm. but she's out on twitter really like engaging with people reading the article and oh being really like, she's he- on twitter Mm-hmm. And what is she saying? She's like, She's saying, you guys what don't did you understand think of the article. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> I never thought I'd have an article written Could about you me. Do mind retweeting this? I'm trying to Little engage. Little me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she just keeps being like, he has a lot of anxiety. You guys don't get it. He just has a lot of anxiety. Oh, yeah, you don't know. Like, She's I still do. like yeah. going up to bat for this guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Strange, Terrifying. damn, and they've never even had sex. Totally, because you know maybe if he had a big dick, then I'd understand. Then I'd say now I get it. Yeah, yeah that... if he had a if he had a big six incher, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a huge six huge. inch penis, yeah. damn, just an enormous six six inch penis. Then I'd wow. get why she would. And what's gonna happen to all her eggs? You know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. They're in the in the Antarctica seed vault. Yeah. Which is slowly <laughs> melting. 
<laughs> the damn seed vault. Damn. I didn't know. I didn't know that thing about freezing your eggs. That you can do it. I guess I yeah. knew it, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And so the article gave me a little bit of context. Who? I think it hurts. Who would you freeze really? your eggs for, Sarah? Wait, do they freeze them inside of you? Do they put ice cubes inside they of your They put ice cubes inside to ch- <laughs> chill it out. Yeah, kind of build a little cooler around them. Yeah, very freaky. Yeah, and you spend the rest of it just going, ah, 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 it's cold, cold, cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to hold the ice cubes to your, like, outside, on the outside of the skin. Yeah. Yeah. I... I don't know about that. I think I'll probably have to freeze my eggs. I'm not really on track to having kids within the next like five yeah, years. Yeah, you so. got to make your documentary yeah, first. Your big documentary. <laughs> I got to do my Sundance premiere <laughs> yes. before I'm allowed to have kids. Yes. And if I, yeah, I won't have a kid until day after I do my Sundance premiere. Yeah. Wow. But then it mm. pops out of its little ice cube fully formed. I'm going to, I'm going to freeze my penis. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do yeah, that, Felipe. Tell more about that. <laughs> I'm gonna freeze my penis. And, and what would that be like, Felipe? <laughs> and what would that be like? Yeah, <laughs> I would dip. I would, I would dip it in a cup of water and put it in the freezer. Uh huh. And where and are you? Are you still attached mm. to it, or is it separate? Yeah, I would set up my whole workstation on top of the on top of the uh, on top of the fridge so that it could be inside got of the freezer. It, got it. Got and it. And it would be like it would be like a popsicle. You know when you put um toothpicks inside of the ice cube thing and uh-huh. you put a uh, kool-aid in them so then you have like little freeze pops that's what it's gonna be like uh-huh and so you're walking Kinda. you're walking around with that mm. or you sort of stay still till you have to stay home i guess like mostly have to stay home and then if i ever go outside it sort of slowly melts and then i kind of have to re-up run. every day you have to run back in I have yeah. to run home. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. but it would probably be um that's what you have to do, man. If you're a man, that's the kind of shit you have to do <laughs> if you true. want to have kids as a man it's who true. also cares about his, his career. Yeah. Freeze your penis yeah. and balls. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. And, you, and I would have to freeze it when I had a boner so that it wouldn't look small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It get all shrinked up like people say that it does. Yeah, I wouldn't um, want people to see it small. Um, it's You know how men can impregnate people when they're like 70 years old uh-huh do I? it would be a crazy world if it has and it doesn't make an old baby it makes a normal young baby yeah. doesn't is make good. isn't your sperm kind of like more fucked up though in the bit so there's no chance of there being birth defects if you're 150 <laughs> years old that's what i'm telling you felipe zero chance zero yeah. chance of birth defects um yeah and the baby's usually more chilled out just because it's like older old soul yeah yeah um which is cool but i was gonna say it would be a crazy world if women also could have babies when they were like 70 years old it would just it's hard to imagine that world a really old really elderly woman having a baby yeah um yeah She's just like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I broke my wedding. I'm gonna have a baby. Thanks, thanks for acting that out. <laughs> I'm dilating. <laughs> That's what it would be like. Yeah. My mom, though, she's like, I was gonna say, I, I know someone who had. Uh, she, a woman who had a baby like very late in life and she's like really developmentally past being a mother like she doesn't want to be a mother 
She wants to be grandma. She wants to be, I, I guess. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but if you had but, a kid at 70, it's like it could be your grandkid. You know, it wouldn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that's the paradox is like, like, there must just be like a big difference between being a mom and a grandma because my mom is like, I think she's going to, she's going to be a totally awesome grandma and like really love to do it. And, but what would be, what would be the difference of having a kid of her own, you know? Well, I guess a grandma doesn't have to do all the work. Totally, right? totally. But in a responsible lot of, for almost nothing. Yeah. But in a lot of places, like grandparents do the primary caretaking. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess you're. How right. do you How do you know your your mom's friend has aged past wanting to be a mom? Just my mom said so. Ah, uh, I'm just interested in what that looks like. That sounds scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's it. Uh, she. It's like. She just doesn't want to do it. Well, first of all, I think this is my mom's <laughs> no, theory. Oh, no. Well, you don't have to age out of that. You cannot want to do it at any time. Yeah, any point. Like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Like, there are some people who just don't want to be parents, and they they do it anyways, but they're not like cut out for it, or they don't want to, or they don't find it interesting, you know, that kind of thing. And then there's people who really find parenting very interesting, and they're like really suited for it and like it and want to do it their whole lives or whatever. But... Yeah, this person I think was a combo of sort of both. Like, didn't want to be a parent, and then also had a child very late. And it's like, it's like she's like in her sixties, and she has to like carry this like really drive this really annoying like twelve year old like around. Oh my gosh! Who's like That's also crazy. a menace apparently. Who That's loves crazy. Fortnite <laughs> and is flossing all the time. <laughs> That's Mom, crazy. what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, isn't perceiving that their mom is old and tired and to just lay off. That sucks. When I was younger, I had a theory that kids with older parents were like, um, sort of like kind of dorkier. That was my theory. Hmm. Does that bear out in your life? I can think of as many examples for that as like opposite ones. So. Like in fourth yeah. grade, the kids that had much older parents were kind of dorks and the kids that had the parents eating that... weird old food yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like more serious you know kind of like bow tie little kids who wore bow yeah. ties that kind of that vibe even if they didn't literally wear mm. a bow tie i would think that that like paradoxically having older parents sort of infantilizes the children for a lot longer because the parents the old parents are like you're just an old like a, a little a little you're so much younger so than me young. yeah, like, <laughs> you must like baby. dolls and stuff yeah. but then young parents yeah. are like come on get with the program we're watching this like violent movie together right yeah. well that makes you cool right that makes you cool yeah it's true it's like they treat that you like you their cool. friend i can tell my grandma has kind of aged past wanting to be a grandma where like she used to just be delighted by hearing about every soccer goal i scored <laughs> in the <laughs> rec league game she's and over now, it like, She's so over it. If I tell her something uh, boring, she's like, mm, hmm, okay. <laughs> no, my grandpa, yeah. my grandpa uh, loves everything I send him. He's he's always Aww. saying that I could be an actor. But your shit's cool, wow. Felipe. I love everything you send me. Uh, I'm sure if I was sending him some trash, though, he'd like it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I send him little Edie. He doesn't speak yeah. English, so he can't read them, but he loves to see them. Yeah. Sarah, w- I mean, I- go ahead. I really try my grandma's patience with like, I told my grandma about what Caroline's brother's wedding that I wasn't at and what I had heard about it, you know, and certain stuff like that. She's drawn a line to be like, I'm just too old Damn, to like AP generate level. Yeah, the <laughs> level of interest I would need. Yeah. And you need to be living sort of like a, 
I don't know. I feel like you have to be engaged enough with life at a certain level to want to hear about certain things. But when you get really old and you're just kind of thinking about it's the end of life, it's like, tell me the really big stuff. I don't want to hear about another like faux pas at a wedding. Yeah. I think with old people, you just got to be like, just tell me about whatever thing from your youth you want to talk about. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to give you an hour. I'm going to give you a blank check. Talk about whatever thing (laughs) that you're proud of from when you were young. Yeah. (laughs) They love that. Yeah. Ask them for advice. That's that's cool. I don't do that enough. Well, because it takes a little bit of endurance, you know? Mm. I think with my grandparents, my grandmother sort of at the at the sort of final stretch of, of kind of being with us mentally was like, she just would start a sense, just start talking and then she would go down the branching paths as in a video game, you know, just the choice tree, just going down the choice tree. You didn't have to ask anything. She would just <laughs> generate her own material of like new things to go into. <laughs> the choice tree. That, Funny. Sarah, what, what would your grandmother, if she's aged past being a grandmother, what is she, what stage is she at now? She is like, and I don't say this because as if she's had a mental decline because she really hasn't, but kind of as if she's like a kid now. Um, right. Or at least our relationship has reversed where um, I obviously have a lot of anxiety and I did a lot as a kid and my grandma was very supportive of me during that. And now my grandma is like taking a quarter Xanax like every few hours, I feel like, because she's really worried about dying and like scared of that. And it's really on her mind and Ugh. she doesn't really want to talk to me about it because she's like, who wants to hear their grandma talk about their their fear of death? Um, but I have told her that she can talk to me about that because I'm like, now you are like my little child and i'm like the adult person who's like it's okay no it'll be okay yeah. don't worry you yeah. won't die you won't die you won't die you're not gonna die for a long long time there's a little reversal there but something that i think is funny with my grandparents is that um because i ha- don't have like a significant other which is i feel like what they sort of want to hear about is like career stuff and like if i'm going to get married i tell them about almost everyone i have even casual sex with <laughs> that's good <laughs> talk about that's as good. if they're like my cool teen friends <laughs> yeah i'd run it all by them but i can't say to them like we just are having, we're just fucking, and that's all it is. I have to do like, so this is like my friend, but it's like a special friend. Wait, you don't think, old, I think old people, I think old people can kind of get that. No, I, exactly. But I just don't want to say the word. Uh, so oh, I have okay, to okay. Like a little blowjob in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I tell them, and they give me advice about stuff and like, they have really practical advice. Like I asked them once, um, so if you're dating someone and you introduce them to your friends and your friends don't really like them, is that enough reason to end stuff with them or if you like them or what and my you just, grandpa you just kind of gave her a softball yeah give him, a, <laughs> so give him an easy one you already know the answer to let him kind of <laughs> play around with it do you feel like you know the answer to that wait that, no but i'm curious what your grandpa said like yeah my grandpa said um that if you're still sort of at the beginning of the dating relationship and the friends meet and don't like them then just cut it off but if you're already kind of far into it then maybe you should just keep going yeah. Um, which is just a very pragmatic mindset. Right, yes. Like, how much of an inconvenience is this? Um, yeah, and just weigh that. I guess I don't know the answer, but sometimes I'm like, oh, uh, I'm like, I don't know if I'll, t- you know, you got, you I get, don't really need this. It's like, I don't know advice. if I'm going to take your advice, but it, it's, it'll, we can talk about it for a little bit and it'll give us, you know, bring us closer. Definitely, exactly. It's a thought experiment. It's a trolley problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. That's nice. 
That's yeah. real nice. Yeah, but my I think I br- brought this up on a cup like a while ago on the episode. But Patrick, my friend Patrick, was reading this book, and he was like, in the book, the the author was like, essentially like people like when old people don't know anything about stuff like and it's what annoying po- to be a person i think it's it was like a zen a zen ah, okay, buddhism okay. book but he was like it's annoying to be a person who like knows knows about everything and um has answers to stuff and it's more annoying to be that person the older you get and everyone likes yes. a person who's kind of like i'm not really sure i'm not i don't know and so yeah. that's that's what i aspire to be when i'm older it's just a person mm-hmm. who kind of is pleasantly curious but doesn't know anything and is happy to hear it explained to them well i uh sarah my ex-girlfriend her grandma i remember one time at a dinner she was like i was reading about punk music what is punk and i thought that was so sweet that she would ask and then she really wanted me to explain it and it and i was like i I would love to get to explain this. I'm not even I'm not even like a big punk music lover, but I was like, you know, a humble, Incredible older person who wants to know about something. Yeah, my grandma was reading and the band played on the book about the AIDS crisis and uh, called me and asked me if I knew what a rim job was. Nice, and, uh, nice. Was- <laughs> grandma, do I know what a rim job is? <laughs> and I just thought that it was funny because I thought that secretly old people do know all the different sex stuff. Like it's all in the Kama Sutra. Nothing is like actually Nothing's been new. invented. Yes. Even if Gen Z likes to eat ass, like everybody likes Everybody's to eat ass. Everybody's been eating ass forever yeah. since the beginning exactly. of time. So this made me feel a little bit sad that I was like, oh, my grandma lived all these years and she's never didn't even know about that people were doing that so she couldn't even think about whether she wanted it or not what did she say when you explained like i had that just the other day (laughs) (laughs) delightful we always call that moliere's dilemma (laughs) (laughs) and sarah have you had this done and she and you're like yeah and she's like that's nice <laughs> okay goodbye <laughs> you're like bye grandma you're not gonna die yeah. for a while bye yeah not for a long 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 time <clears throat> you're gonna forget about dying and then it'll come get you when you weren't even thinking about it you're yeah. never gonna find me uh um giving myself away to my grandkids i'm i'm never gonna look like a virgin in front of my grandkids all right if I think mm-hmm. something is about sex, I'm not going to ask. I'll figure it out on my own. I would rather that than my grandkids knowing I'm a, I'm a freaking loser yeah. who's never had sex. Yes, that's the Christopher Walken. Never send an email, never send a text. Don't let them catch you out here acting elderly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no one's... I, yes, exactly. But you're going to fall on your face, though, because you're going to be like watching a television show with your grandkids, and then you're going to be like, yep, and they're going in that room to... Do a have a rim job with each other, and they're gonna be like, "No, grandma, grandfather." Yeah, genders are genders are gone. Who knows what waits for me in my life? Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's so true. (laughs) Uh, Um, I do. uh, Yeah, I remember my grandmother once said, "You know, when you get older, you get more experimental." She said a sort of way of smirk on her face, and I thought, I thought either she's doing some crazy stuff. Or she's doing some really normal stuff <laughs> that she thinks is really crazy. Did she? <laughs> she started having sex from behind or something, and she's like, I gotta tell my grandkids about this. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn. 
Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, now there's enough time left in the episode for me to talk about what I thought about the movie Tenet. And, uh, Please <laughs> say it. Say it. And <laughs> I was just kidding. I, was, I don't necessarily have to do it. But I did. I started a letterbox, and my name on letterbox is Sarah underscore Wilson. Believe it or not, that was available. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be reviewing movies on there earnestly. Cool. Wait, if you start doing that, maybe I want to do it, too. And I want you to do it too. And you, ha- but you have to decide your approach on whether or not you're going to be like funny with it. Is, are you going to be funny with it, or are you going to be serious with no, it? No, I'm just going to be really thoughtful and reflective. What's your? Fr- <laughs> have you reviewed anything yet? I reviewed. Oh, um, can we read it? Yeah, read my review. Wait, like on it's, or like it's while not, we record? Yeah, yeah, read it while we record. It's like two sentences long. I wrote a little review. It's not either really that smart or that funny. It's just like what I thought about the movie. Okay, so that's what I'm going for with my account. Sarah. Um, Underscore. underscore Wilson. There should be one review there for the movie Tenet. Wait, okay. Zero followers, <laughs> zero <laughs> Tenet, two stars. <laughs> so you know how Inception... Wait, it has one like, by the way. Oh, wow. Who is That's it? That's funny. Oh, is it Kyle Rodriguez? W- I told him I was on there. <laughs> Weasel Sort. Who's Weasel Sort? No idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you know how Inception has all this sort of fake, complicated dream physics that you feel sort of fake, smart understanding? Tenet has a lot of fake physics slash time travel ideological apparatus <laughs> that the plot is built around, but it's too convoluted and not worth the dedicated attention it would take to understand what the fuck is going on. Still fun to watch, though. That's a great review. Isn't that comprehensive? Doesn't that give you some sort of sense of what the movie is like? Yeah, absolutely. It's too many words. Now I hear it read out loud. It's, I'm like, you could have said long. that with like you gotta, 40% less words. I got to edit. Well, you know, you kind of went, you kind of went, um, you kind of went James Joyce, you know, it's like this, the page, the three page long sentence, you know, you got to break up the yeah. sentence, got to have a little more of a staccato rhythm. It's true. What right. is, well, I'll work on that review. And why ideological apparatus? That kind of threw me off. Um, I guess because like the whole movie it's, is about the, the complexity of how this certain time traveling thing works. It's not as if that's just like a part of the movie motivating it. It's really about a gang of friends or these characters or the establishment of like certain dynamics. It's like this idea that you can invert time and like building the entire plot around that. So that's why I said it like that. But I could think of a shorter term for it. Um, hey, we're workshopping here. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No one's perfect. So apparently, you can make you can make uh, collections of reviews under a sort of topic, <clears throat> and at one and so Tenet is inside this 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 user. Oh, I just want to make sure I'm not okay that I'm roasting somebody that has a lot of followers or something. But this user <laughs> made one called "Don't Try to Understand It, Feel It." And then the mm. this is the description of this collection they've made. It says films that encapsulate that quote from Tenet. Is that a quote from Tenet? Don't. Yes, that's a quote from Tenet. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Ones that do have an analytical purpose and meaning, but can be cherished purely through metaphysical attachment to the images and sound on screen. Um, Black Swan is one of them. I feel like that movie's pretty easy to understand. Yes. Quantum. But it also, it's definitely one you just sort of feel. It, it, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but I don't think they're they're not building that around any kind of pseudoscience theory, so... But I think that totally movie does different. try to be a little confusing. Yes. It wants to be a little puzzling. And I don't think it wants to be a riddle that you actually solve. It just is puzzling. This is under lists, Felipe. I don't know how I found it. <laughs> also, the movies, the movie posters are like grouped by color, weirdly. 
did did the website do this? All of the kind of blue tinted ones then meld into green tinted ones, meld into yellow, then meld into red. This is really strange. Did this person do this? Sort by oh yes, clearly. Whoa. <laughs> okay, this, this is, is a you list. like that. This is interesting. This is a list called <laughs> Befriending the Lyrical Loneliness. Whoa. Essential movies for lonely people out there, like me, if you want to feel something in this big, big world. To see every color, every character, in desperate search for some human warmth, to understand and befriend them as we ourselves are looking for a proper connection. This one is called Random Movie Roulette. Generate a number from, and then the description goes, generate a number from 1 to X on this random number website. See how many movies of films there are in the sidebar. But then I'm thinking, okay, if you randomly generated these, then there's no purpose to them being in a collection. Certainly not. Certainly not. And I don't see why I'd ever be in the mood for that. Yeah. Well, will you guys make accounts and then we can all be reviewing movies on there? I think I have an account. Let me see. Oh, sick. Letterbox. Yep. I'm under full loop. Have I reviewed anything? <laughs> I don't think I've reviewed anything. Home. I'm, I'll make an account, but it's going to take me a while to figure out a strong password and stuff. So. <laughs> I'll do that later. Do you, should do a passphrase. Passphrase. Should I be funny yeah. or should I be serious? Be funny. I would say. And then it's settled. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd say be yourself, Felipe. And then you. Okay, I'm gonna funny. review all the movies I watched because I watched a bunch of movies recently. Oh, me and Sam have been watching SpongeBob every night. Oh man, what a funny ass show! Really, dude. Delightful. You know what I was thinking about about SpongeBob? I've seen every episode that like came out when we were kids. Yeah. I know there's seasons after that. I don't remember. They're still that. making it, I think. <laughs> I think they just finished making it a year ago, but maybe maybe. Oh, you might be right. Being annoying, yeah. Um, but I was gonna say, no one, none of the main characters are in romantic relationships. Like, what about Mr. Krabs falls in love with Mrs. Puff? Yeah, that that's that the one episode where that happens. That's right. Um, but other than that, no one ever gets into anything. Uh, you know, Mr. Puff is a lamp. He's dead. Uh, you never find out who Mrs. Krabs is, I don't think. SpongeBob, you, it's kind of like, oh, does he have a crush on Sandy? Or is it just about no, being friends? No, I think they're just friends. They never cross the line. I think they're just yeah. friends. Patrick, Squidward, they're out here by themselves. Like, everybody is, like, just doing their own thing. And there's something kind of fun about that. Wait, there in the episode, I can't remember the episode we watched, but... There's a moment where uh, Mr. Krabs talks about how he founded the Krusty Krab, and he goes, mm -hmm. after the war, I was depressed for a period of time. Yes. So Mr. Krabs has been in a war. Yes, and it cuts <laughs> to him sitting in his bedroom. Yes. Wait, like you remember this really well. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's yeah. so funny. It's really funny. Okay, so in this Befriending the Lyrical Loneliness, yeah. Am <laughs> Amelie is in this list. But also well, hereditary is in this list. Wow. Wow. Mm. That's really stretching. I think so too. That's really I stretching, so I think. Yeah. Mm. Would you say though hereditary is lyrical? Uh no. And I don't think it's about loneliness either. Hmm. Man, I'm I'm about to go sicko mode. I don't have a job. I'm kinda I'm kinda low on projects. I'm just gonna write if, I'm just gonna become the next, um, what's it, Catherine Kale, or what's her name? That reviewer, movie reviewer? Uh, I'm not sure. 
Um, I'm just going to keep on working Pauline. and editing and perfecting my tenant review until it's yeah, really, really good. Keep sharpening <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be my flagship <laughs> review, and I'm not going to write another until I get it. Perfect. Keep bringing drafts to the podcast, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm going to nail that. I'll have a new version of it for you guys next week. I watched a documentary about... um. What's his name? The most famous uh, Roger Ebert, uh, the movie reviewer. Yes, a, a documentary about his uh, life. I've heard of him. Yeah, uh, it, it's a crazy documentary because they started making it like right before he was going to to die, and he had um I think some kind of jaw cancer or something. So he's in the documentary. He has no like, jaw, and he has no jaw, and you just see like his lip is just kind of a flap that hangs, and he can't talk. He's talk like uh, Stephen Hawking style, and um. It's just a really disturbing image, and it is like forty percent of the movie is like looking at Roger Ebert being like, "Damn, that looks so fucking scary! Like, what the fuck?" Um, but his life is kind of strange and interesting, and uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. I, I actually, I don't even know why I'm telling you guys this. I'll put I'll put my review on Letterboxd, and then we can talk about it. Oh, cool! So that's how you can tell us about it. If so, if there's if you if there's anything you want to write about, you just gotta find a movie that you can sort of talk about it through. Yeah, and I'll I'll put the review. I'm uh, I'm trying to watch The Sopranos when I go home. I'm gonna. I've been meaning to watch the second season. I'm trying to get through all of it. I've only finished the first season. I'm gonna watch the second season. Very cool. People really love that show. They do. Yeah, I've never seen it. I'd like to. You'll really like the theme song, Sam. I love the theme song. Wow. I always leave the opening on because I really like it. The idea of it's... driving from New York into New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Love it. Through the suburban sprawl. That kind like, of winter, yeah. winter, like bald trees, but it's sunny. <clears throat> that 90s, like grain. You see the World Trade Center. Something about it really. Really And good. he goes in and he sees that deli. It's like that shitty deli in that street in that New Jersey. Wow, you're describing all things I love. Mm, you're going to, you're going <laughs> to totally flip out when you see Wake up in the morning. <laughs> I was going to. Oh, myself a gun. Yeah. Rise into the street. Light me up, uh, you know that song, Sublime. Uh, yes, Sam, you know that song. Not too fun. I'm still thinking reason. about the Sopranos song. Okay, mm-hmm. so I just googled it. Sorry, that's what we're talking about. Oh, really? Sam. It's this. It's yeah. the same one. <laughs> we're, we're singing it for you. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll text you this kind of stuff in in advance. So, yeah. <laughs> I text back. Please stop. <laughs> I'm busy right now. <laughs> I wondered. So after 9/11, did the Sopranos keep going? <laughs> I was trying to do a. I was trying to do a uh, kind of physical sign that I we should stop the. Podcast. No, you know what though? I think I'm having fun with it, and so I'm like, I'm like, oh, what if we like record long, and then we sort of get the fun. You know, we sort of we can choose what part. Yeah, why do you think we're devolving into just like looking at a website online? And- <laughs> no, because I honestly, I'm just more giggly now than it was at the beginning. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, I feel like I personally sort of loosen, loosen up. And so I'm like, oh, you know, you can kind of shift the, the podcast to the end. But I don't know. Oh, I, I had one more thing to say and it sounded like Felipe did. So we could. No, I mean, I was just making a bullshit to say. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear you well, guys say mine. Yeah. Um, I didn't get my turn to say what I'm doing for the rest of the day. Oh. We listened to what Sam had to do, but it's not I, about turn, Sarah. You didn't. You just didn't take up the opportunity. Well, you, the space wasn't made. Uh, okay, sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> ah, sorry. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Shit, I you're right. <laughs> okay. 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 
Uh, I've been doing it to my dad, and I don't do it as funny as you, but he's never heard you do it, so he thinks the way I do it's pretty That's funny. good. That's good. Okay. He's getting he's getting <laughs> shadows on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, so for the rest of my day, because I've been unemployed for months now, I didn't, bu- I didn't buy Christmas presents for literally anyone. And so instead, I will have to be doing the writing a really meaningful letter yeah. as a gift. <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't started my letters, so I have to get to cracking on really feeling something. And Sarah, they can't something. be about tenant, okay? <laughs> I think I'm, I'm feeling more and more like I'm just frustrated by this thing of like, I don't know what to get this person. I'll just go to the mall and buy him some bullshit that I find. I'll look around. I'll look yeah. around and, and get them some something that's going to, that then they're going to have to put in a box when they move and it's going to be a nuisance to have in their house. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you just got to, I think it's better to do a little person, you know, a little letter, a little song. Yeah. That's our gift guide. Go into Spencer's gifts, look around and just see what kind of freaky stuff they got. Yeah. They're so funny. Yeah. No, but there's stores that are like, you know, it's like, okay, no shade, but that Lush, you know, the place where you get the soap. It's mm-hmm. like you're going in there because you don't know what to get. So, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to find something here. I'm going to find some soap in I'm here. I'm going to find a bath bomb. <laughs> like, no one's ever like, I need a bath bomb. <laughs> you're That's like, so there's true. like Christmas is in five minutes and I need something. I'm going to walk into Lush. <laughs> <laughs> oh so wait funny. one time i um i in, in high school i dated someone for like you know three months short relationship then we broke up and then many she broke up with me and then many or well who cares uh but then many months or maybe like a year later i, I was doing holiday shopping and i went into lush and she was working there uh, as you know one of the soap sellers and so she's like hey it's so nice. good it's so good to see you, blah, blah, blah. Like, how you been? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, hold on one second. Oh, no. She looks at the clock. She goes, hold on one second, Felipe. And then she gets up on the store and she goes, Lush Buyers, it's five <laughs> o'clock. And you know what that means? It's fucking soap time. <laughs> she had to do one of these debasing debasing oh uh, customer service dance rituals. <laughs> In front of her wow, ex-boyfriend. that sucks. <laughs> I think we lost Sam. Uh, we lost Sam. Sam's, what's happening with him? He's transitioning into a different part of his day, I guess. <laughs> Are you, have you finished the podcast without us, Sam? <laughs> you're, you're, if, if we're going to keep recording, I got to keep living my life, okay? <laughs> we, should just, we should just record all day. Yeah, Wait, guys, yeah. have, you been, have you been recording your microphone? Okay, I've been. Yes. Listeners who couldn't see, Sam just like walked away from his computer without saying anything, went and brought like a pitcher back into his room, poured himself something, went back Uh, out, then came back. I got chores, right? I got chores. (laughs) (laughs) The podcast should just be a phone call we have on our headphones while we like take out the trash and do stuff. Yeah, that's a good good idea for the the big special episode we're going to do. Oh, that's right. Like yeah. that, just our normal lives. We gotta get headsets, though. Maybe you guys already have them. Gamer headsets. Um, Will yeah. would love that. Will, if Will tried to talk to one of us sleeping, we're like, ah, sorry, man, we're on the podcast. We're right on the now. podcast right now. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> All right. Well, I think that that was pretty good. You want to keep going, Felipe? You know, honestly, I would, but but I do think that it's it's like we're past the time. But maybe this is a strategy to think of because I do I, do, I am feeling more. F- funny or like i'm laughing more at the end so something to kind of think about Mm. what do you think about that sam 
I'm fine to keep going. I I, I just need I'll mute you guys. No, were you laughing less at the beginning because I was saying my ideas and really kind of <laughs> yeah, I couldn't I couldn't on. stand a woman sharing her her outlook, her her smart, independent ideas. Yeah. No, I just think towards you know towards the beginning I'm in sort of like podcast mindset. Towards the end I'm in kind of hangout mindset. That's cool. How do we get hangout mindset to the beginning? Yeah. How do we? Mm. Mm. We do like how my grandma used to be always perpetually late. Now she just sits in a chair, so it's not really a problem anymore. But she used to always be late, so my grandpa changed all the clocks to be like 15 minutes forward Fair in the idea. house. Yeah, classic move. So we could just sort of like trick Felipe into thinking the podcast started, you know, an hour before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then by the time it actually starts, yeah. But either way, I win because either way, we have to talk for like three hours. So there's no (laughs) trick. Like the time still has to be there. Absolutely. It's like four a.m. and I'm like waking up to like make a pot of coffee and stuff. (laughs) I gotta get ready for six hours of talking before I clock in at my job. (laughs) Damn. Maybe we should do like zip zab zab before we record. You know, like improv exercises and stuff like that. Kind of loosen up. The numbers game. <clears throat> All right, I, I won't, I won't, I won't take up any more of your time. But just something to think about for the future. You totally great. Totally. All right, Merry Christmas, listeners. You won't hear us again until after Christmas. Well, or will they? It's the twenty second. So I guess if we do another bonus episode uh, tomorrow or the next day. <laughs> I say, yeah, I say and tomorrow Christmas. and the next day. <laughs> <laughs> what if we live streamed Christmas and then we can see when Santa comes down the chimney? Ooh. Uh, yeah. And we get Santa on the pod. Let's get Santa on the pod. Damn, I can't wait to. I, it's my job to have to eat all the cookies that my kids bring out. That'll be, that's yeah. going to be so much fun. Yeah. We should try to get the space station guys on the pod. That's freaking crazy. Ooh, like the Brian Lehrer show. Like the Brian Lair show, yeah. But just something to work on. Yeah, that could Damn, be imagine Sarah being in space and you gotta give presents. You're only writing nice letters. That's the only yeah. thing you can do. It's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Unless you find a cool moon rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. You can, you can uh, give a nice Every, we've all got each other moon rocks this year again. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. or some sort of space debris, like a cup of McDonald's that somehow ended up in space or uh totally. yeah. you know, a can of yeah. coke. Sam, do you think that you would like exercising in space? Because they don't make gains, they just have to do it so their bones don't get uh jellied into nothing <laughs> yeah so they have to exercise yeah, all dude, the time you get all thin and emaciated yeah. i would hate that yeah. yeah no i would love exercising in space because there would be like a purpose to it too be like homework i'd have to do it <laughs> yeah i'd love gaming in space Ooh, because you're actually on a spaceship but you could sit in the front seat of the spaceship where it looks like it's the star fox or whatever mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. exactly it looks like star Fo- and i'm playing star fox 64 you're you're, you're <laughs> playing like an indie game about your son dying of cancer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing dark oh man if you're playing dark souls in space i bet that i feel like astronauts gotta bring games up there they gotta bring games because they get bored you know you can't be Doing gravity tests all day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Imagine being on the International Space Station. You kind of like tap. You tap like a Russian on the shoulder. You know, you haven't talked much. They're in a separate part of the ship. You tap someone. 
him on the shoulder and he turns around and you have a little taboo box and you shake it. Yeah. And you're like, game of taboo. And he goes, <laughs> It's cool. People are allowed to sort of submit ideas for things they want to have tried out in space. And one time someone asked to have a sponge get squeezed in space. What happens? What does happen? Know, Probably nothing gravity. happens. The, the water like is all around your hand oh, and cool. stuff and you can like see it kind of being weird. Yeah. You have, yeah. Having yeah. sex in space, they had, someone had to do it. Someone's got to do it. Because we need to know. Rim job in space. Yep. All right. And, that, it's just, and that's we're, the episode. We're doing callbacks, guys. Yeah. This is callbacks time. <laughs> Rim job in space. That's going to be an, that's gonna be yeah. an epic. That's going to be an epic catchphrase for all the yeah. Raisin Man listeners. Rim yeah. job in space. I couldn't think of anything more random than Rim that's job in space. That's the episode. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You're so crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, being a, you know, developing past the age of uh of being a grandmother you know or going development developmentally past being a grandmother in space yep all right well let's end on that on that <laughs> okay <laughs> and i'm stopping recording so no more yep <laughs> there's no we don't have the option have a wonderful afternoon listener raisin man arena